Good morning, church. So very good to see you this morning. Isn't it wonderful to see all of these new families with their babies? Congratulations to all of those families. I just, I love seeing how this church is growing in so many different ways. New babies, but also families that are moving to the area and families that are placing membership and people that are being baptized into Jesus. God has been so very good to us, and I love this church family so much. I love each and every one of you so very much. We're wrapping up our series that we've been going through all month, comparatively speaking, talking about the dangers of evaluating ourselves by comparison. And there's an illustration or a story that I've been wanting to share since the beginning of this series. A study was done not too long ago uh, with some students from Harvard, and they were asked a a question that on the surface, or at least in the beginning, it seems like it would be a no-brainer. See what you think. They were asked if they would rather option A, make $50,000 a year, or option B, make $100,000 a year. What would you pick, you think? This is the participation part. What would you pick? Option B, option B, that's what I thought, option B, that's, that's what it would seem to be the right answer, but then sort of a, a, a curveball was thrown to them. They said, here's the catch to it, though. With option A, you make $50,000, but other people around you make $25,000, and then option B, you make $100,000, but people around you make $200,000. Now, not necessarily what would you pick, but what do you think they picked? Option A, they wanted option A, right? Because I don't need to make much, I just need to make more than you, right? I I don't need to be good, I just need to be better than you. It's it's interesting, isn't it? How, How we tend to evaluate things by comparison, how we we tend to be so very comparative and so very competitive, how we want so badly to be better than other people and how we evaluate ourselves based on whether or not we think we're doing better than others. And it's not just financially, is it? There are so many different ways that we could sort of evaluate and look at and wonder, reflect on our life and ask, do I... Do I think that I'm better than other people in areas like this? We, we might think that we're better than others in ways like my school is more prestigious than others, or my career is more successful, even my church is more biblical, my behavior is more moral, my political party is more righteous My parenting style is more sophisticated. My life is busier. My house is tidier. My food is healthier. We could probably come up with a million other ways that we evaluate ourselves or where we judge ourselves to be better than other people. Sometimes not just me personally being better than someone else, but our group being better than another group. And maybe we say it out loud, probably not though. Sometimes we just think these things in our mind, don't we? Somewhere in the back of our mind, Somewhere in our heart, we boast and we're proud and we think that we're better than others. Although there are probably times when we very subtly try to passive-aggressively indicate that we think that we're better than other people. And there are other times where we openly mock people that we think we are superior to. Why do we do this? 
Why do we evaluate ourselves this way? It's not necessarily that these things are bad. It's not bad to have a house that's tidy. What's, what's dangerous? What's bad? What we need to reflect on and what we need to repent of is the pride and the boasting. I've thought so many times as we've gone throughout this series about the, the Pharisee in Jesus' parable. Do you remember? Who went up to the temple to pray and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners and the unjust and adulterers or even like this tax collector. I mean, these are good things to be concerned about. It's good that he's not an extortioner. It's good that he's not unjust. It's good that he's not an adulterer. What's bad, what keeps him from being justified before God is the fact that he is comparing himself to other people. What keeps him from being justified is that he is proud, he is boasting, he believes that he's all right, that he's good because he's better than other people. Last week we talked about Paul's letter of 1 Corinthians and we talked about our tendency that when we evaluate ourselves by comparison, there's this tendency to self-loathe to sort of hate ourselves, to look at other people and think, they're so much better than I am. I have nothing to offer. I can't really do anything good. I'm, I'm not of use to the church. I'm not of use to God because I'm not very good. But sometimes we tend to think that that's one kind of person and then another kind of person is someone who evaluates themselves and then feels really good about themselves. The secret is that they're the same person. That we have this tendency, you have this tendency probably, I know that I have this tendency to do both of those things, don't we? One moment we, we may look at someone and we may say, I'm the worst. I'm not as good as they are. I'm not as talented as they are. I don't know as much as they do. And we hate ourselves or we loathe ourselves because we're comparing ourselves to them. And then the next moment we look at someone else and say, yeah, but I'm, I'm way better than that person is. And then we start to feel good about ourselves and we build our confidence by comparing ourselves to someone. And then someone else comes along in the next minute and makes us feel inferior again. And it's this vicious cycle, isn't it? Of comparing ourselves to other people and one moment feeling inferior to others and the next moment feeling superior to others. And then we go round and round again. I want us to think about this letter that Paul writes, the, the second letter of Corinthians. And he writes, and part of one of the things that he's dealing with is are there, there are these missionaries that have apparently come to Corinth Paul preached the gospel in Corinth, he converted so many people, started the church in Corinth, and then later these missionaries have come, and they apparently make no secret about the fact that they think they are better than Paul. They think they are superior to Paul. Listen to what he says about these missionaries. He says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. In other words, it's kind of like he's saying about this group of missionaries that we've taken a vote amongst ourselves and we think we're pretty awesome, right? And we, we tend to do that, don't we? we? We've taken a vote amongst ourselves and we think that we are pretty awesome. I, I was thinking if 
if we were to take a poll of Texans, just Texans, and we were to poll residents of Texas and ask them, which state in the United States do you think is the best, what state do you think would win? Texas. Shocking, right? First service said exactly the same thing. But if you were to ask people in Montana, I'm pretty sure they would disagree, right? We have this tendency, don't we, to commend ourselves because we're measuring ourselves by ourselves. When, when we set Texas as the standard, when we set the way of doing things in Texas as the standard, then we can commend ourselves because that's exactly the standard we measure up to. If I measure myself with a ruler and I say, this is, this is the right height, and then measure myself and, oh, what do you know? I measure exactly that height. My way of doing things, or as a group, our way of doing things is the right way to do things. And if anybody doesn't measure up to the standard that we set for ourselves, that's the wrong way to do things. We have this tendency, don't we? To measure ourselves by ourselves, to set the standard for everyone else according to our measurement. So we look at the way that we do things and we say, this is the right way to do things. And if anyone doesn't do things like us, they're wrong. I mean, be really honest with yourself. Really reflect on the way that you evaluate people. How often do you say about somebody, I really like her. I really like him. I like the things that they say. I agree with that person. They are so very right. But when you say that they're right or when you say that you agree with them, you're not evaluating them according to some absolute standard. You're evaluating them based upon whether or not you agree with them or whether or not they agree with you. Or conversely, how often do you criticize someone and say, I just, I totally disagree with that. That's just wrong. I, I don't believe that at all. I, I don't accept that. And the reason that you reject what they have to say or that you criticize them is because they don't agree with you. They don't measure up to your standard. And that's what these missionaries were doing. Paul is criticizing them because they are measuring themselves by themselves. They set the standard and said, we're great, we're wonderful, this is the way that we're supposed to do things, and then anyone who doesn't measure up to that standard is wrong. And how often do we do that? How often do we evaluate ourselves and other people, whether or not they're right, whether or not they're wrong, whether or not we are right, whether or not we are wrong, based on the standard we set of ourselves? And why is it that we do that? Why do we do this? Well, I think the reason that we do this is it's easy to always measure up when you set the standard of yourself for yourself. Rather than evaluating ourselves by an absolute standard, we're setting the standard ourselves in order to ensure that we always measure up. And Paul says, we're not going to play that game. Look at verse 13. But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you, for we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. Now Paul is saying, we came to Corinth. I came to Corinth and I preached the gospel to you. Why? 
Because God assigned me that task. Because God called me to do that. I was simply doing what God told me to do. I was simply answering the call that God put before me. I came to you. Why? Because that's what I was supposed to do. Now, Paul is saying, I'm not going to, I didn't build on anybody else's work. I'm not bragging or taking credit for anybody else's work. Apparently, that's what these other missionaries were doing, isn't it? They had come to Corinth after Paul, and they were building on what Paul had done, and they were taking credit for Paul's work. But notice how difficult this is for what Paul is trying to accomplish here. He's saying this way of measuring yourself and evaluating yourself and boasting about what you've done is wrong. And he wants to point out that it's wrong without doing the very thing that he is condemning them for doing. He's saying, what I have done is, is right because God called me to do it, not because of how it compares or doesn't compare to what other people have done. Paul isn't interested in playing the game that they were playing. His only boast is that I have done what God has called me to do. That's how we should think of ourselves, isn't it? And our task. I simply want to do what God has called me to do. It doesn't matter what someone else is doing or what they are called to do or how it compares to what they're doing. I simply want to be faithful to the task that God has put before me. I want to do what God has called me to do. And that's what Paul is saying that he's doing. Look at verse 15. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others. But our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Paul isn't interested in building on what someone else has done, and he's certainly not interested in taking credit for what someone else has done, although that seems to be what these other people are doing in his area Paul isn't interested in comparison or competition or in commending himself. He simply wants to be a good steward of what God has called him to do. Again, think about the way that we have a tendency to evaluate the work that we're doing. How is it that we evaluate the work that we're doing? Do we evaluate by competition and comparison and say, well, I feel like I'm doing a great job because at least I'm better than he is, at least I'm better than she is, at least I'm doing more than they're doing? Or do we simply look at the task that God has given us to do and say, am I being faithful? Am I doing what I've been called to do? I have no desire to build on what someone else has done or take credit for what someone else has done. I'm not interested in comparison. I'm not interested in competition. I'm not interested in commending myself. I just want to be faithful with what God has called me to do. And that applies to the way that you do your job and the way that you parent your children and the way you share the gospel and the way you live in your marriage in the way that you're a good neighbor to your neighbors, in everything that you do. It's not about comparison or competition or commending yourself. It's simply about being faithful to the task that God has called you to. Listen to what he says in verse 17. 
Let the one who boasts, boast in who, church? The Lord. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. As Christians, we only have one boast. We only have one boast. And here's our boast. Our boast is, I was a wretched sinner. The things that I did and the things that I said and the things that I thought were deplorable, they were awful, they were horrible, they were condemnable. I did all of these things and God rescued me. He saved me. He made me his own. He forgave me. He cleansed me. He filled me with his spirit. That is our boast. Our boast is in what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Our boast is what God is doing in us. Our boast is that we are miserable wretches and that our life was a mess, our life would be a mess right now, our life in many ways still is a mess, if not for the grace of God. This is our boast, church. Not in who we are or what we've done or how good we are or how much better we are than someone else. Our only boast is that we were miserable sinners and that Jesus has rescued us. Amen? This is our boast. This is our only boast. And when we boast in our accomplishments, when we boast in what we've done or what we know or how good we are, we're throwing the gospel aside. The gospel is for those who know that without the Lord, they are Nothing. So Paul says, my boast isn't about how how accomplished I am or how successful I am. I'm not interested in playing that game. And those that are playing that game are without understanding. Our only boast is in the Lord. And when Paul says this, and he says the same thing in 1 Corinthians, we talked about it last week. He's quoting from Jeremiah chapter 9. Look at what Jeremiah says, starting in verse 23. Thus says the Lord. Here's what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who, has, who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. What three things does he mention? Because this covers almost everything, doesn't it? Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. So don't boast in what you know. Don't boast in what you can do. Don't boast in what you have. Is it, is it good to have wisdom? Of course it's good to have wisdom. Seek wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Buy wisdom and sell it not. Have wisdom. Be wise people. But don't you dare boast in what you know. Don't you dare boast in what you know. Because what you know is nothing. And the more we learn, don't we realize that? The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. 
I told first service that the longer I preach, the longer it takes me to prepare lessons. When, when I started preaching, I was a teenager, and man, when I was a teenager, I could put together a lesson really fast. I mean, I could write all that. I, just, I, I thought I knew everything. But the longer I preach, the more intimidated I am. And the more I realize I don't know anything, the more of a challenge it is to try to share some knowledge with God's people. It's not about what you know, it's about what he knows. And let the mighty man not boast in his might. Is it good to have strength? Is it good to have abilities? Is it good to have talents? Is it good to have skills? Is it good to be able to do things? Of course it is. God gave you that strength. God gave you that might. God gave you that talent. He gave you those skills. But don't you dare take credit for them. Don't you dare boast in them. Don't you dare boast in what you can do above what other people can do. And let not the, my, or the rich man boast in his riches. Don't take credit for or boast in or compare what you have compared to someone else. Our only boast is in knowing the Lord. That's the only knowledge that really matters. Do you know him? Do you know him? Because it's his knowledge it's his might. It's the riches that he lavishes on us. It's his blessings. It's what he has done. It's what he is doing. It's what he will do. That's what matters. Who, who cares? Who cares if you know something that other people don't know? What, what difference does it make if you can do something that other people can't do? What, what difference does it make if, if you own a, a little bit nicer car than someone else owns? Or your house is a little bit different than somebody else's house. Or, or your clothes are a little bit different than someone else's clothes. What difference does it really make? But we, we spend a lot of time thinking about these things, don't we? Whether or not we know more than other people. Whether or not we can do something that other people can't do. Whether or not we have a talent that someone else doesn't have. Whether or not our clothes are as good as someone else's clothes or our car is as good as someone else's car. And every time we turn around, somebody is encouraging us to make these comparisons. And, and so we go out and we, we buy some new clothes so that we can feel a little bit superior to someone else. Or we go out and we buy a new car so we can feel a little bit superior to someone else. Or we gain a little bit more knowledge so we can feel a little bit more superior to someone else. But the moment that we do, and, and we're, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, the very next moment somebody else comes along that knows something we don't know, or can do something that we can't do, or has a car that's a little bit nicer than ours, or a house that's a little bit nicer than ours, or a little bit more education, or you name it, and we're back to feeling inferior. What Paul, what Jeremiah, what the Lord is saying is not that we should lack confidence. It's that our confidence should be in him and not in ourselves. In other words, cultivate a confidence that comes from Christ and not from comparison. It isn't that we should walk out of here with our heads hung low, feeling like we're nothing, it isn't that we should lack confidence, it's that we should have a confidence that comes from Christ and not from comparison. Because that's, that's the way we tend to gain confidence and cultivate confidence, isn't it? By comparing ourselves to each other. 
And we think to ourselves, well, I may not be good, but at least I'm better than they are. I may not be smart, but at least I'm smarter than they are. I may not be rich, but at least I have more than they do. That's not the kind of confidence that we should have. That's not the kind of boasting that we should boast in. Our boasting, our confidence should come from what Jesus has done for us. That he has saved us. It's his knowledge we boast in. It's his wisdom we boast in. It's his might we boast in. It's what he has done that we boast in. It's his riches that we boast in. We cultivate a confidence that comes from him and not from comparison. One of the ways we might go about cultivating this kind of confidence is through prayer and actively, intentionally repenting of our pride and our boasting. Here's a prayer that I wrote for myself, and I encourage you to reflect on whether or not you should write a prayer like this yourself. Something like, Heavenly Father, who opposes the proud, I repent of my arrogance and my vanity. I renounce all of my boasting. I confess that I have been unfairly critical of others and have looked down on them with scorn. I've harbored selfish ambition and jealousy in my heart. I've sinfully considered myself superior to others. And I ask that you give me the mind of Christ, that I might value others above myself, lay aside my own rights and privileges, seek to be last and not first, adopt the role and the status of a servant, and sacrifice myself for others. Give me a heart to do this willingly and cheerfully as Jesus did for me. And may your love, grace, and peace sustain me in this pursuit. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. It's about recognizing who we are and what we have in Christ and not by comparison. You are God's chosen people. You are loved by God. If you have been baptized into Christ, you are forgiven. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. All of these truths can help us to hold our head high. But this confidence doesn't come from comparing ourselves to one another. This confidence comes from knowing who we are and what we have in Christ Jesus. And you are loved by God. You are cherished by God. You are forgiven by God. You are filled with the presence of God's Spirit. And that has nothing to do with whether or not you know something someone else doesn't know. Or you can do something someone else can't do. Or you have more money than someone else has. Let's repent of our comparison. Let's repent of our competitiveness. Let us repent of our pride and our boasting and our arrogance. Let us humbly bow before the Lord so that we can cultivate confidence that comes from Christ and not from comparison. That humility and surrender to him begins at baptism, doesn't it? So baptism is all about dying to ourselves being buried with Jesus. And maybe there's somebody here this morning and you're ready to make that commitment to surrender yourself to him, to die to self and to be raised up to live as one of God's people. Or maybe you're just carrying a heavy burden 
Maybe we can help you or pray for you or encourage you. Our shepherds would love to meet with you in the prayer room in the back or you can come forward now as together we stand and sing.